good to see you all. Uh, for those who may be new or visiting, uh, my name is Dan, and I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors here at Granville Chapel, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's my privilege to share uh, the scriptures with you this morning. Uh, so last week, uh, we finished up our series in the Gospel of John, and uh, I hope that was an encouragement to us as week after week we just focused in on the ministry and the words and the life of Jesus. And now this week, uh, we're still going to talk about Jesus, uh, but we are starting a new series and a new emphasis. And uh, we're going to look at a very important theme uh, that is emphasized all throughout the scriptures, and it's the theme of humility. So the plan is, uh, for the next five weeks, uh, we're going to look at the lives of five people in the Bible who modeled humility in their lives. Uh, so starting this week with Jesus, uh, then next week we'll look at Moses, uh, then King David, uh, then Esther, uh, and then finally the Apostle Paul. Uh, so we're going to look at these five uh, portraits of humility, and the hope is, is that as we look at their lives, uh, that we would be able to learn what true humility is, and that we ourselves would become more and more the humble and servant-hearted people that God desires all of us to be. Now, humility is, of course, uh, important in every time, in every age, and for every generation, uh, but it seems especially important in this day and age that we find ourselves in. Uh, we live in a very polarized and increasingly fractured world. Uh, and through the rise and increase in various forms of media, uh, we're exposed to more voices, more opinions, uh, more hot takes uh, than ever before. And not only that, but in recent years, we have seen the Church of Jesus become more and more divided as issues related to politics and race, social justice, vaccines, mass, uh, as all these issues have sort of boiled over in our society, uh, it's affected the church and caused much conflict and division. And just in general, um, I don't know if you have felt this, but I feel like our society and culture has changed quite dramatically over the course of the pandemic and now since the pandemic. Uh, the world just feels more angrier. Um, and people seem more opinionated nowadays in a way that is divisive and dismissive of others who may think differently than them. But when you're within something, and if societal change is happening around us, and we are in it, and we're a part of it, it can be hard to know and discern what exactly is taking place. And if it is true that the world that we live in has drifted towards more anger and pride and divisiveness, it can be hard to know if and how far we ourselves may have drifted along with the culture. And that's why the scriptures are so important to us. We need something beyond ourselves. 
the word of God along with the spirit of God. We need God's word and God's spirit to speak to us that we may discern and understand the times that we're living in and how we should be living in response. And so as we get into this morning's message and as we begin this series on the theme of humility, uh, I would love for us to begin in a posture of humility and just ask God for his help. So let's, let's pray together. Father in heaven, how we have gathered uh, this morning to worship you and to seek your face. We want to know you more, we want to learn from you, and we want to become more like you. And so as we look to scripture and uh, discover what you have to say about humility, we ask that you would speak and that you would renew our minds. Help us to become the humble people that you desire us to be. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So, um, our main scripture passage today, uh, it's found in chapter two, of Paul's letter to the Philippians. So let's just uh, go right into the first couple of verses. So the Apostle Paul says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. It's amazing how much is packed into these two short verses. Uh, And the issue that Paul is addressing is pretty clear. Paul is talking to the Philippians about the unity of the church. He reminds them that they are united with Christ. And then he speaks about their common sharing in the spirit. And then he then encourages them and admonishes them to be like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and being of one mind. Paul then goes on and instructs them in verses three and four. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. What Paul is describing here are two fundamentally different ways in which a person can live their life. So on one side, there is the way of selfish ambition and vain conceit. Uh, This is a person who quite literally lives a self-centered life, where the main drive and the focus of their lives is to live for themselves, for their own glory, their own achievements, and their own fulfillment. 
But Paul instructs us as believers not to live in this way. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And that's a pretty high call. Do nothing out of selfishness or conceit. Paul then continues and he says, rather in humility, we are to value others above ourselves, not looking to our own interests, but to the interests of others. So instead of living a self-centered life, we are to live others-centered lives in which we actually value others above ourselves. Now, if we take seriously what Paul is saying, this kind of seems impossible, doesn't it? I mean, how do we actually value others above ourselves? How do we not look to our own interests, but to the interests of others? And we might even be tempted to think, maybe this is just some exaggerated language, uh, exaggerated spiritual language that Paul is using here. But the next, few, the next few verses reveal that Paul is not exaggerating. This isn't hyperbole. Paul means exactly what he says, and he actually backs up his words and further elaborates by pointing to the example of Jesus. So Paul explains, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Paul says that in our relationships with one another, we should have the same mindset as Jesus. And so the question is, how do we view our relationships? What kind of a mindset do we have? Do we view our relationships with the mindset of Jesus? Or is our view of relationships more based on what popular culture teaches or what psychology teaches? Or maybe our view of relationships is just a mixed bag of, of how we were raised, uh, what kind of friends we have, and the life experiences that we've had over the years. But according to this passage, the way that we should view our relationships is the way that Jesus viewed his relationships. We are to have the same mindset as him. So from our passage today, uh, we are taught two key things about the mindset of Jesus and two keys to our relationships with one another. And so here are the two keys. The first is service, and the second is humility. Service and humility. 
And let's remember, back in verse 1 and 2, we saw that Paul is addressing the issue of unity within the church. And so service and humility are two keys to relational unity within the church. And of course, when we talk about the church, this also includes our relationships with friends. It includes relationships between husbands and wives, parents and children. Within the church, you might also have uh, working relationships, uh, maybe business partnerships. And the keys to unity in all of those relationships are service and humility. So first, let's look at service. So again, Paul says, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So in this passage, it mentions two aspects of the nature of Jesus. So first, we're told that Jesus is in his very nature, God. This is why we worship Jesus. He was not just a man, but in his very being and nature, Jesus is divine. And yet, we are told that Jesus did not consider his nature as God something to be used for his own advantage, but instead he made himself nothing and took on the nature of a servant. So let's stop and just think about this for a moment. Jesus, the creator God, the one who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, he willingly made himself nothing, and he chose to serve his own creation by coming to us in the form of human likeness. So Jesus, though he was in very nature God, takes on the very nature of a servant. And through his example, Jesus shows us what true, true authority and what true power is all about. So look at these words uh, from Jesus in Matthew chapter 20. Jesus tells his disciples, he says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus here explains that the way of the world is that rulers and officials lord over their power and their authority over people. So people serve them. But Jesus says, not so with his followers. For those who believe in Jesus, true authority and true greatness is measured in service to others. 
And the reasoning that Jesus gives is his own example. He says that he himself, the Son of Man, came not to be served, but he came to serve others. He came to serve us. So in the example of Jesus, what we see is that service is actually part of the very nature of God. And since we have been made in the image of God, we too have service as part of our nature. And so let me ask a question. Do you see your life the way that Jesus viewed his own life? Again, do you have the same mindset as Jesus who lived his life in service to others? Now, I I know that this maybe doesn't really sound like a fun life, uh, living a life of service, but I actually believe that this is one of the keys to finding true joy and fulfillment in life. First and foremost, the reason that I think this way is because I believe in Jesus and I believe that his ways and his words lead to life. But then experientially, in life, real life lived out, uh, I have seen and observed that the way of Jesus is true. I've seen the joy and fulfillment on the faces of people as they are serving. I've experienced myself the contentment and the joy that I feel when I'm able to serve and help meet the needs of others. And I'm sure that most of us, at some point in our lives, have experienced the joy that comes from serving others as well. It just feels good to serve and to bless and to help. There's something different that happens in us when we are serving as opposed to when someone is just serving us. And so service is part of the very nature of who God is, and therefore, because we are made in his image, service is a part of our nature as human beings, and it's an integral part of how we are to live. So that's the first key, that's service. Uh, The second key to relationships that we saw uh, was humility. So let's read on. In Philippians chapter two, verse eight, it says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus humbles himself, and the way that he does this is through his obedience unto death. And we know that this obedience was not easy. In the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, right before Jesus is arrested, we actually see him in prayer, and Jesus is wrestling and agonizing over what is to come. But ultimately, in obedience to his Father in heaven, Jesus says, not my will, but yours be done. 
And true humility requires that we also be able to say the same thing. Not my will, but yours be done. Father, here is what I'm asking for. Here is what I desire. But Father, I surrender my life to you. So not my will, but may your will be done in my life. I wonder if there is an area in your life where you might be struggling to say those words. Is there something that you are holding on to and you're just not able to surrender it to the Lord? Now certainly there are things that I believe we should hold on to and not give up in prayer uh, because we know that it already is the will of God. So for instance, I know that there are people here who are praying for friends and family uh, to believe in or to return to faith and life with Jesus. And we can hold on to that. And we should hold on to that because we know that it's God's will and God's desire that all people come to believe in him. It says in 2 Peter chapter 3 that God is patient with us not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So there are things that we know are the will of God and we can hold on to those things and we can keep praying for those things. But there are other things in life, uh, even good things and good desires that we may have that may or may not be the will of God. And humility means that like Jesus, we pray for what we desire, for what we want, but then we need to be willing to surrender it to the Lord and be able to say from our hearts, not my will, but yours be done. This is true humility before God, obedience. A willingness to obey him and to trust him no matter what. And the reason for why we can and why we should obey God is because of God's great and wonderful promises to those who are humble. God actually promises rewards and blessing and honor for those who humbly trust in him. So here are a few examples. These are God's promises to us. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I'll read some more. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's 
mighty hands that he may lift you up in due time. These are just some of God's promises for those who are humble. Guidance, wisdom, forgiveness, healing, honor, God's grace and his favor upon our lives. These are all promised to those who humbly obey and trust in God. And we actually see these promises of God played out and fulfilled in the example of Jesus. So let's go back to our passage in Philippians. So after Jesus humbles himself, it says, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So, as a direct result of Jesus' humility, and because of his obedience unto death, God the Father exalts God the Son to the highest place, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And in the book of Revelation, it says that Jesus is exalted with this title, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus is our servant king who humbly served us. And for the one who displayed the greatest humility of all, the one who was in very nature God, yet took on the very nature of a servant, he is bestowed with the greatest honor of all. And we as followers of Jesus are to be like him. We are to be like Jesus. We are to have the same mindset as him. And again, the two keys for how Jesus viewed his relationships and how we are to view our relationships is the mindset of service and humility. Now, just imagine with me for a moment. Let's do a little thought exercise. What if here in our church, what would it be like if every single one of us had the same mindset as Jesus? What if we actually live this out where each one of our relationships was marked by service and humility? Or, or what about at home, in your homes? What would it be like if every single person in your family had the same mindset 
as Jesus? And what if all the relationships in your home was marked by service and humility? Or what about your workplace? Imagine how much more enjoyable and life-giving work would be if every single one of your coworkers had this mindset of service and humility. And lastly, what about just our world? Imagine if every single human being on planet Earth had the same mindset as Jesus. What if everyone in our world related to one another in a spirit of service and humility? That would solve a lot of our problems, I think. And dare I say, it would feel like heaven on earth. Now, unfortunately, uh, we can't control how others in the world live. We can't control our friends. We can't control our family. We can't control our coworkers or our spouses, although some of you try. We can't control how anyone else chooses to live their lives. But what we can do, and what we are responsible for, is how we ourselves live in the world. And no matter how others choose to live, we can choose to live following the way of Jesus. The way of service and humility. The way of Jesus our servant king. Now to close this morning, uh, I really felt led to just read aloud um, a portion of our scripture this morning. But this time, I wanna encourage us to hear it directed towards us. So let's just act like Paul wrote this letter, not to the Philippians, but that he actually wrote it to us Christians here in Vancouver. And we can even call it Vancouverites chapter two. (laughs) So here's Paul's words to us, the church in Vancouver. Brothers and sisters, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, 
he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And all God's people said, Amen. I'm going to invite uh, our worship team to please make their way to the front, and I'll also invite you to please stand and to join us as we enter to a time of worship. And I'll also invite our prayer ministry team to please make their way to the front and to the fireside room. And uh, every week, we make it a point to uh, provide space and opportunities for people to receive prayer. And uh, whether it's something that God is speaking to you in response to his word this morning, uh, or maybe you have something completely different in your life that's going on. Uh, maybe you or someone you care about is having a health issue, or, or maybe you are needing a prayer for something that's happening at work or at school. Uh, whatever it may be, uh, if you just need some encouragement in prayer, uh, please feel free to come up to the frontier, or there's also prayer team members in the back wall in the fireside room, and it would be our privilege to pray for you. So as we worship now and as we respond, uh, let's just pray together. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who in humility took on the very nature of a servant and in obedience to you, he humbled himself, dying for our sins, that we might be set free to know and to love you. And so we praise the name of Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we pray and we ask that by your spirit, you would transform us to have the same mindset as Jesus. May we become more and more humble servants who serve and love you and who serve and love one another. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.